0: Hello, (laughs) I'm going to try to go off the cuff because I just was speaking on the cuff and the cuff felt like it was choking me. So I'm going off the cuff because I think I just need to kind of brain dump right now. Hello and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. This is a show for anybody who's seeking to love themselves, find themselves, know themselves, and then live a life that's more aligned with who they are. This show is meant to give you tools to claim the word creative, take fear out of the driver's seat, and to pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. On the show, we explore the creative process and journey, mental health, self-development, spirituality, and everything it means to be a human and become more human. Something I've been asking myself deeply lately is who am I? And what do I want? I think that the two questions are kind of intrinsically connected because when you know who you are, it's a lot easier to know from a pure place what you really want. And I've been wondering that a lot when it comes to my creative career. This is something I've talked about a lot in the past year. I've been pursuing a career in the arts since I graduated from college, but really been gearing up to it since I was like three and saw my first musical, turned to my mom and said, Mommy, I want to be up there doing that. And I had this discussion with my boyfriend, Timmy, who is also an actor recently. And I earnestly and curiously asked him, why do you think you want the things that you want? Like, why do you want to be an actor? Obviously, it's fun. You know, that's a given anyone who's pursuing a career in the creative arts typically is doing it because it's something that is fun and makes them feel fulfilled. But if it's beyond just like pursuing it as a hobby or doing it part time, if something that you truly desire is to be making your living from it or known on somewhat of a bigger scale, there's a reason beyond just it's fun and I like it that you want that. No one would subject themselves to this crazy career path unless there was a deeper reason for it. So I really had to start getting serious with myself about why I want this. You know, I've had answers before. It's because I want to connect with people. It's because I love helping people feel seen and heard through what I do. And I do believe all of that is still true. But I was trying to go even further and like therapize myself about What incited this incessant drive to go toward the arts or self-expression or entrepreneurship in this big way? And I think that for me, there's two main things. So what I want you to do from this conversation, hopefully, is start really probing yourself. (laughs) I know that sounds dirty, but like really interrogating yourself about why you want what you want. Because here's what I've started to realize. If we can get the why down and it's coming from a pure place, it's not an ego driven place. It's not a place of lack. It's not a place of, oh, I don't think I'm good enough. So I need to do this thing so I can get approval. If it's coming from this pure place that is like soul driven purpose, then the how really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're doing it through music or entrepreneurship or being a mom or being a kindergarten teacher, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. There's lots of different ways to achieve your why, but you have to get your why down so that the how can feel joyful and you know when the how no longer serves your why. So I started interrogating myself on that. And honestly, what I wanted to do when I was thinking about it was get to the bottom of anything that wasn't coming from a place that's me. We've had a lot of people on this past year, whether it's Dr. Dane here, who talks about like with pain, is this mine? Or the Day Luna women who talk about human design and conditioning and whether the things that we think that we want or need to do are really coming from us or coming from people who told us that's what we should want and that's what we should do. So we've had a lot of people, and that's just naming a couple, it's come up in some fashion on many different shows in the past year. But I'm trying to interrogate and I want you to interrogate what parts of what you want are coming from other people because I'm starting to think that those parts, the parts that are coming from other people are coming from a place that's ego driven are the parts that are keeping us from getting the thing we deeply want in a way that is healthy. So I had to go back and really interrogate why do I want. To perform? Why do I want my voice to be heard, whether it's through the podcast or public speaking or my music? Why do I want my voice so badly to be heard on uh, a bigger level? Because I do have this deep desire to get out to as many people as I can with my voice and my message. So the first thing I had to think about was my childhood. And over. Christmas, Tim came home with me and we were watching baby videos, which was really fun because he got to see me as a little kid, have more insight into how I grew up. Tim's my boyfriend. If I didn't mention that, I think I did. And there was this one video. I had to be less than a year old. I was sitting on my grandparents' kitchen table and a lot of my family was around me. And my grandma, who had a big hand in raising me and I adored, was... like telling me do patty cake. She had taught me how to do patty cake, patty cake, baker's man, bake me a cake as fast as you can. And I mean, I don't think I could sing it all the way. I was under a year old, but like I could do the clapping and kind of maybe like, na, 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 hum along. And so I, before that, I was just kind of like sitting there eating something. And then she's like, do patty cake, do patty cake. And there was like, all this like clapping and screaming around me, telling me to like do this thing. And I like, my little eyes were like glazed over and like, what's happening? I don't know what's going on. So then I did start doing patty cake and then everybody around started laughing and clapping. So I think there was a part of me, and I'm not saying that this is like the inciting incident, but I do recall a lot of times in my childhood where I would be asked to perform and I would get some sort of external validation that like, that made me good, that that made me worthy, that that made me a part of the community, that doing this performance thing could give me some attention and and potentially make me more lovable or valuable. So I do think that maybe that's, and that's a low vibe version of it. The high vibe version is it was fun and I got to laugh and clap with my family, but there is probably some part of my ego that has this notion that the only way for me to be valuable is if I perform in some way, if I use my voice or my, um, charisma in some way to gain an audience and get claps, get applause, some sort of either real applause or metaphorical applause back. I think there's a part of me that really believes that. The other thing is identity. So much of my identity is wrapped up in being a performer, being a entertainer, being somebody who has something to say or sing. And there's a reason for that. So when I was little, my mom and dad really didn't put me into that many things. Like most things I put myself in the way of, they weren't people who were like pushy like that. The one thing my mom did put me in was dance because when I was really little, I loved dancing. So she's like, oh, maybe this would be something that would be fun for her. So I was in dance from a young age and I really liked it. But like, I'm more of a freestyle dancer. I'm somebody who love, 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 loves to like hear the song and move how the inspiration hits me. But when I was younger, obviously there wasn't really a platform for that other than my house. So in dance classes, they taught you steps. That's part of taking a dance class. That's fine and that's great. I was good at it, but I wasn't great at it. My cousin Christina was an amazing dancer. She she still is, but like that's not something she really does anymore. But she was just an amazing dancer. I mean, she and she was like one of the top people at our studio. We went to the same studio when we were little and was in all these classes. I mean, I always took like one or two. It wasn't really my main thing. But I do remember feeling really bad about myself during that time period in my life. And this was like elementary school through sixth grade because people would come up to me and instead of saying like, oh, this is Lauren, they would introduce me as Chrissy's cousin. And I just felt like just so like Oh, like I just remember it make that made me feel really small and like I didn't matter. Like my personal identity wasn't a thing because obviously, like I wasn't as good at this thing as my cousin was, and therefore I didn't matter. I felt insignificant because she was so much better than me at this thing that she was known, she had an identity, but my identity was completely dependent on her. And and it's nothing my cousin did, it's something that other people at this studio did. But it just was like. I was constantly getting compared to her. I was constantly feeling like I couldn't just enjoy dance because of this comparison. Like I couldn't just be myself because of this comparison. And so in sixth grade, after many years of that, I I think I was at that studio from like kindergarten until sixth grade. I auditioned for the school musical Guys and Dolls at my school, which I went to a different school than my cousin. And. No sixth grader ever got the lead part, and I re- I still think about this a lot, and I hope we can all have the the courage and the kind of the absolute audacity I had as a little girl, because I remember hearing this musical Guys and Dolls, watching this musical, and being like, oh, I'm going to be Adelaide, like that part is made for me. She's this loud, <laughs> funny, uh. You know, charismatic weirdo character, like quirky, quirky character. That's my part. And I remember a lot of people were like, well, you know, sixth graders never get parts, including my dad. My dad was like, Lauren, you know, you better reconsider, think about it, because sixth graders, you know, they usually don't get parts. Like, what would be your second choice? And I'm like, dad, I don't think you understand. I am going to be Adelaide. And I was, I did become Adelaide. I mean, I even remember before I got cast, like some like seventh grader told me that her eighth grade sister was auditioning for the role. I remember pretending to be scared, but in the back of my head being like, oh God, I got this in the bag. (laughs) I always strived to have the confidence I had as a sixth grader auditioning for this musical. But anyway, I got that part and I remember thinking, Oh, thank God. Okay, fine. I can I can quit the dance thing because now I have something that's just mine. I'm Lauren Legrasso, singer and actor. And I think that getting that part like cemented something in my identity where it was like, if I just keep doing this thing, this thing can be me. This thing can be a part of me. And I don't have to worry about getting compared to someone and feeling bad because this thing is mine and I'm really good at it. And I'm just going to keep doing it because it makes me feel great and it makes me feel like myself. So fast forward, you know, 10 years, I'm graduating from college. I'm dead set on pursuing acting. and. Music, like, yes, I wanted to do musical theater, but I didn't know I was a songwriter at this point. And I'm coming out to LA and acting starts, starts out good. Actually. I like, I joined SAG in the first few months. I got my first uh, paid thing in the first few months, but then it started getting really, really hard. And I started hitting all these roadblocks and I, I like had an agent, but she left town and, I was in an acting class, but that didn't really feel like it was going anywhere. And I kept getting rejected audition after audition. I'd get callbacks sometimes, but nothing was really happening for me. And it really started breaking my heart and shaking my identity. Because when your identity is completely tied up in something, and when you think the way that you get love is by having success in this thing, then Even little disappointments start to feel like a failure. Now, something I've learned recently and I kind of want to do a whole episode about is how many times in my life I've taken something that was actually just a disappointment. And I've rebranded it as a failure. And because of that stopped, I don't think that I failed in acting. Like the more I think about it, I'm like, you didn't fail in acting. You were just so disappointed that your heart broke. And I think I I spent all these years kind of feeling like I failed or thinking I failed, but I didn't. I just had, I was so disappointed that my heart broke and I thought that that was a failure, but it wasn't. I don't think that I was coming at acting from a healthy place since my identity and all these things were tied up in it. But I'm telling you all this because I think that Having these and it it wasn't just like my identity and like my feeling of like I need love was tied up in acting. It was like tied up in anything that had to do with needing public approval, which in order to do pretty much any of the things that I want to do, you have to get a following and get public approval because you can't really make it without somebody else validating that you can do these things. You can do them for fun, but you can't make a career out of them. And so what I'm really seeking to do right now is make my why something that is internally validated, that doesn't have to do with like, if people see I do this, they will know who I am. Or if people see that I do this, I will be loved, but rather that. Makes me feel a certain way and I want to do it because of the way it makes me feel and because of what I want to put out into the world, regardless of how anybody else will take it in, consume it and validate it or not validate it. So, yeah, I think where I'm at with it right now is I really want to learn how to like deeply love myself and love the work I'm doing and do things that bring me joy And then only share those things because then, and also to know who I am inside, outside of anything else, you know, like I'm sweating, babes. Oh, I'm sweating. Mm. I recorded my closet and it's so hot in here. There's no air vents. They should put air vents in closets. If I design closets, that would be my first thing. Vote for me. Okay. Water break over. But Yeah, I really, I want to get to a place where I know myself well enough on the inside, outside of any external validation that I'm just creating from a place of deep inner knowing, self-love and truth and through seeing myself, because I think I've been so dying to be seen that I'm doing things out of what I think people will see versus what I see that makes me happy, that lights me up inside. And I think that's a lot of times what keeps me from creating it all. It's because, like, I, I realize something I do about myself. Like, even before I post a video, I try to think of, like, everything bad someone could say and everything good someone will say so that I save myself from, like, embarrassment or I can kind of, like, preemptively figure out what somebody might like so that I'm prepared for either or both reactions. Instead of just being like, I really like this thing. I put it out. The end. Yeah, I really I really want to work on who I am on the inside, outside of anyone else, outside of any external validation, like and then put that into my work, because if I am coming from that place, then it will be much easier. And I also think like as much as I'm saying I don't want to be oriented toward trying to figure out what other people will like. I do think people are an integral part of this equation because something I realized recently, actually I did a coaching session with this amazing man. His name is Manny Mezqua, and he's got this podcast called at the podium and we've been working together on creative coaching. He is just one of the most phenomenal human beings I've ever met. Also very cool because he runs a financial organization, but does this podcast and is super dynamic and creative and I was just so lit up. A lot of times after I do coaching, if it's with somebody who can be skeptical or maybe even cynical, like it can feel draining to me, but what I realize is I love coaching and I love doing it with people who are so in and so excited and amped on life and like want to create something amazing together and just like have infectious energy and it just made me realize like it's really not about what you do as much about who you are and the people that you work with. And this is a tweet I wrote, which, you know, if you listen to the show for a long time, you know, I love reading my tweets, but honestly get to Twitter. That's where the deep shit is happening. Okay. That's where I'm going in deep because I can just like put something out there and leave it and then come back to it later. It doesn't have to be extremely well-formed. But after that session with Manny, I was so hyped up and so excited about him and what we're going to do together that I just had to write this tweet, and this is it. I've heard many people say it, but I think who you're working with might be even more important than the work you do. Good people and being around good people is one of the most invaluable gifts in life. If you can surround yourself with good people, then success is almost inevitable. And it's true because when you're with good people, first of all, you feel successful because those people are seeing you, you're seeing them. It's just like a ping pong back and forth of just... Lifting each other up and gassing each other up and, and formulating ideas and just vibing on life and being around good people makes me feel successful. Like I'm going to do an in-depth episode about it, but many of you know, if you follow me on social that I met my family, I didn't know my grandfather had left a brother in Sicily and my dad has first cousins there. We showed up at their doorstep unannounced and had the most transformative experience of my life, spending time with them. Um, We ended up spending from like 7 p.m. to 1.30 a.m. and then like the whole next day with them. But anyway, being with them made me feel like a successful human being. Like there's so many different ways people can make you, just like being around good people inevitably makes you successful and not in the traditional sense of the word all the time. Like it helps you redefine success because I do think having good people in your life is one of the key indicators that you're living a good life. Like I think too, in this, in this next phase of figuring out who I am, I really want to curate the people in my life so that they have like similar intentions to me so that they have, um, my back in, in a very deep way, just the way I have other people's back that we have, we're coming at life from the same perspective. Um, we're, you know, Led with love, not fear, all these things. Because I think the more you can surround yourself with people you want to be like and that lift you up, the more you're going to feel good no matter what you do. I think another question I want to start asking myself is like, okay, I'm not, if I'm not getting the recognition I desire, how can I be okay with that? Like, and I do think it comes back to creating things from a place of love and because it feels like you versus identifying with the outcome. But yeah, that's something I want to keep working on. I'm not there yet. All of this stuff is still really, really tough for me. But I think I also need to quiet down a little bit. Like I've been gunning so hard for outcomes in my life that I've kind of refused to slow down. I've refused to go inside to really look at what's going on and what's underneath all this desire. And I also just want to like look at my life more truthfully. Like, What are the actual failures of my life? And what have been the disappointments that I rebranded as failures? Is there a way I can go back to that thing that I wanted, like even acting? Let's say I decided I wanted to act again. Like, can I go back to it from a perspective of I'm doing this because I love it versus if I don't make it in this profession, I feel like I will die? Because that's really like, I think it got that extreme for me at a point, which is why I needed to stop. And that was a really good choice because it would have been. A rough road had I continued on with that mindset. And I think too, stop believing you're going to get somewhere or achieve something or meet someone and you'll be saved. That's something that's come up again and again for me. I think I've thought like, okay, I'll get this thing and then I'll be fine. Or I'll like go on this trip even, and then I'll feel good and I'll have all the answers. The answers come from within you. The answers come from your relationship with the divine. It does not come from Falling in love or making a ton of money or having some accomplishment. If you think it's going to come from there, you're going to get there and it's going to feel hollow. So, how can you slow down enough, get quiet enough to go in and seek the answers in yourself and in your spiritual connection? I don't know if any of this made sense. I hope it did. What I really want to do is. Explain some of the lower vibe reasons that I think I want what I want and start musing on maybe at least theoretically how I could get to a place that is more well-developed and how I could get to a place that is more soul-driven and in line with my higher self versus my ego self. And so I hope that you can do the same in your life and in your creative journey. And I appreciate you. I guess we'll meet up here next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Tell a friend about the show. That's how the show really grows. And share it on your social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative. I will repost to share my gratitude. Thank you, Liz Full, for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. My wish for you this week is that you question why you want what you want. And once you do, I know the how will become much more simple. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.